This is the Context Podcast, sponsored now by Proofgeist. I'm still your host, though, Jeremy Brown. We as FileMaker developers get to build apps for clients and solve problems. We love doing that. What we don't love is having to do the same thing over and over again. It gets tedious to set up an invoicing system in client after client after client's files. To solve this problem, we can turn to modular programming. Klaus Levent, all the way from Datamanex, based in Denmark, joins me today to talk about this very topic. Claude thinks and dreams in modular FileMaker, probably just like Todd. Klaus joins me today to discuss why we'd want to develop modularly and how to do so. We talk about the add-ons and their usefulness in this idea as well. Modular programming is a valuable tool that we can embrace. If we start to see the solutions to problems, in FileMaker that is, we can work to build those solutions in a modular way and use them over and over again. Now let's turn to what Klaus has to say. Hey, Klaus, welcome back to the Context Podcast. How are you this evening? Thank you, Jeremy. I'm good. So, uh, before we get started, uh, why don't you remind my audience who you are? Where Where do you work? Where are you from? How long have you been in FileMaker? All that stuff. Uh, hi, Jeremy. Um, my name is Klaus Levins. I've been developing FileMaker solutions for uh, 26 years now. Um, I run a company called Dataminix. In uh, we are based in Denmark. Uh, we have uh, some people working in Spain as well. Uh, so Europe based. I brought you on today because you evangelize the idea of mod- modular scripting or modular programming, I guess in general. And so I'm really interested to hear your take on it and. I'll tell you, it's I'll tell you the reason that this has come up here at Geist Interactive. Um, I when I came to this, I really didn't know the idea of modular scripting or, or FileMaker. I remember using a couple modular uh, modules from from uh, the modules from uh, modularfilemaker.org. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I didn't, you know, I didn't really understand the concept. I think I just plugged things in and and got it to work eventually. But now that I'm here, I'm doing a lot of scripting, especially, and it's it's really become important to me, or I guess, to, to build things in a modular fashion. Um, but I'm actually not sure I fully understand the idea, and so I'm, I'm interested to have hear you talk about it and uh, want to run through some examples and see kind of what might be considered modular and, and what wouldn't. Um, I really hope to get across the concept of modularity um, mm-hmm. so that people can figure out how to build that on their own so that they will understand what it means to be able to build it and, and, and find its usefulness. Just, you know, uh, Klaus, talk to me about before we get started, how did you get involved in this modular FileMaker thing? Did it occur to you one day? Did you read something? Where did you get uh, inspired? I think I got inspired, well, uh, probably last millennium. So I've, I've been around for quite some time on the FileMaker platform. And when you discover yourself building the same thing again and again and again, and especially because we are in the business that we are in, uh, where we try to optimize workflows every single day, we try to make things easier. And, and this is the funny thing, because I've seen a lot of developers who 
who are very focused on trying to make their customers or their users' life easier and optimize their workflows. But we as a species, I think, tend to forget to look in inward. So we forget to look at our own workflows and the things we set, we do ourselves and just build the same thing over and over again. I mean, I remember probably in the late 90s uh, where I've built the same thing over and over again and said to myself, okay, maybe I could reuse some of this stuff because if I have spent a lot of time on a script that is doing something, um, so, so some of the things are, for example, the Find. FileMaker has an awesome search engine uh, and you can do a lot of stuff there. But I mean, when you get the uh, dialogues from FileMaker, it says, uh, so I, uh, we can't find any records or your search criteria is empty. And building for people who are speaking Danish, uh, for example, uh, even though most Danish people uh, speak fluent English, they prefer to, to have it in Danish. And when you talk about a record, um, that's a concept that, that most people that are user of a system, they they don't get what what's this record? I'm I'm in I'm looking at the contacts and I'm searching for a contact. Why is it telling me it can't find any records? You know my records is on the shelf. Uh, it's something I put onto my uh, record player and listen to music, right? So so all this confusion about uh, the terminology uh, in FileMaker made it so that that I uh, I got the desire and and most people have the desire to control the flow. Uh, so we we show a custom dialogue saying so okay based on the on where you are now uh, we can't find any contacts right instead of saying we can't find any records just for the the search process where okay so if you're you're searching for something if you find more than one then show a list uh, if you only show one then show a detailed view this was way before i i think uh, anyone looked at the uh, master detail uh, concepts at all uh, so we typically had a list view and a, a and a detail view we still do that for in in many places um but but controlling that flow could sometimes be uh, you know a fairly lengthy script um and when you build this once why would you want to do that once again because the uh, search function is more or less universal right but you want to control the the process and control the dialogues that uh, that is presented to the user depending on whether there's an empty search criteria or uh, there's no records found or whatever it is i think already at at that point uh, i i began to look into okay so maybe we could use reuse the code and and that's really the the first concept of this modularity is uh, and the whole point of you uh, of doing something modularity is to reuse it so it's it's about building some code that can be reused so that's like like the the start of it so what is modular and what is modular filemaker well that's that's a concept where to me there's no definitive uh, definition of what is a module. Long time ago, I discovered that in conversations with the customers, it was 
much easier to talk about modules. So you you would like an invoicing module, great. So that's a that's a module, or this feature is a module like a a. You know, we have a good example in Denmark where you you can generate a, a a payment code that you can enter into the bank instead of using a bank account. Uh, and the routing number, I believe you are doing in in the in the U.S. So we we have a national system for uh, for that. Is like payment slips, or uh, I'm not even sure if that's a concept that is well known. Uh, but there are different solutions in 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 many countries. Um, but that module, I also call it a module. It's basically just a custom function that is a mod 11 custom function, I think, uh, and then a field that generates this payment code based on a an invoice number, for example. So talking about a module, what is a module? Well, it could be a full-fledged module like like an invoicing module would be where you have the layouts that is needed for the invoice. Then you would have to have a way of uh, uh, picking a customer. So maybe that's a module that is uh, sitting uh, not not part of the invoicing module, but a separate uh, module that lets you pick on a list uh, the customer because you probably want to pick a, a customer or a contact for other parts of your solution as well. So that's kind of a general module that you have on top of that. Uh, and the invoicing module consists of at least an invoicing table and an invoice line table. And maybe you have even more tables based on uh, on how complex your invoicing module is. If, you, if there's uh, something with delivery, you want to have your shipping in multiply packages or uh, on on the same invoice or uh, and and so on and that's a full fledged module that includes probably several tables several layouts several scripts maybe even several custom functions as well uh, and that's a full fledged module and, and I mean an invoicing module is pretty much an invoicing module maybe you need to do some adjustments and some customization. But the the bare basics of an invoicing module, it's pretty much the same. You 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 have the the tables, you have the layouts. There is some some functionality. You need to be able to print an invoice. You need to be able to PDF an invoice and email it. So that's basic functionality. And why would you want to go and write the same code for that? Write the same scripts for that, over and over and over again. Right. Today's episode is brought to you by FM Perception and its companion product, FM Comparison. FM Perception is the only real-time developer intelligence tool out there. In the middle of development, you can switch to FM Perception and learn about the file you are actively working on. You can learn what scripts call the script you're currently working on. You can review all the global variables you have in your system and any broken references and so much more. I use FM Perception every day and am still discovering what more I can do with it. And new in 2020 is FM Perception's companion product, FM Comparison. Currently in beta, FM Comparison illuminates the differences between two versions of the same file. It shows you only the differences between those two files and nothing else. FM Comparison takes a difficult to understand report from FM Perception and isolates that report, making it easier to read and just doing a better job of summarizing the changes. 
In scripts, fields, tables, layouts, calculations, accounts, and much more, FM Comparison will show you the changes made between the older and the new version. This is a great tool to review work done on a file by a junior developer or, as in my case, reconcile an offline copy of a file with its host itself. Yeah, sometimes I forget which file I'm working in and make changes in the wrong file. Have you ever done that? Well, if you have, FM Comparison will show you the changes so you can make sure that one file, preferably the hosted version, has all the work you've done. Check out FM Comparison as you check out FM Perception. And if you want, join us every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time for office hours. Dave Ramsey clears his desk and shows you around these tools and how to use them and answers your questions. FM Perception and FM Comparison, how can you live without them? You said a lot here. I want to ask you some some specific questions about it. So you got you you realized way back when that you were building the same thing over and over. And it seems like FileMaker developers get that because we have the awesome power of creating something from scratch. But in all of the systems you've built, you kept building the same thing over and over, whether it was invoicing module or a contacts system or mm-hmm. a picker or a search, right? Yeah. So. Uh, about how many years into your development uh, career did that, did you realize you were tired of building stuff over and over? Was it like uh, five years, 10 uh, years, one year? No, I, I, uh, I started in 94 and I mean, maybe after a couple of years, three years, uh, something like that. Uh, okay. I ask it because, you know, FileMaker developers, we, we, we like to create, we like to solve problems, we like to like get in there and build stuff. So I, it seems like most FileMaker developers like to just build the same thing over and over. Um, is it is that okay? I mean, do we have to even worry about modules? No, I mean, that, that that's another dilemma that you get as a developer. And, and I think especially in the early years of your career that you evolve personally your skill so fast so uh, two months after you have created something if you go back and revisit the code you'll see oh man i could do this much better now because i've learned some new skills i've uh, learned some new ways of doing it and the urge to go back and just redo what you did two months ago is is really strong, and I've I've had the same thing. And I mean, the first five, six, seven years of my career, I can't tell you how many times I redid some code I just created two months ago because I wanted it to be just perfect. And now I got some new skills, and I wanted to apply that. Uh, so I went back and and redid a lot of th- uh, a lot of stuff. Which also meant that uh, Finnish, well, you are never Finnish, <laughs> unless um, yeah. you live in Finland. <laughs> so, so, uh, so there's an urge to do that. And I mean, if you're reusing code, if you if you're building modular code that can be reused, um, then you have to to put a string on that urge to try to make it even better the next time you do it. Is, is it wrong to just do the same thing over and over again? No, it's not. Uh, and you, the next time you build an invoicing module or the next time you build this feature, 
it's probably going to be a better feature because you have uh, acquired some new skills in the meantime. But if you run a company and if if you need to run a business uh, in general, it's a luxury to just say, okay, let's rip out this week to go back and redo something I did a couple of months ago, which, by the way, is working fine. There's nothing wrong, right? It's just because you want to optimize the code and make it a, uh, sometimes just make it look better or optimize the code. So, so if you have a script of 200 lines, then you've learned some new ways of doing stuff, and then you can optimize it to be only 100 lines. But, uh, but when all comes together, it's 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 still enhancing something that is already working, right? So uh, so there's a there's a good saying, or at least a saying, uh, whether it's good or not can be discussed. But it's it's uh, why fix something that ain't broken, right? But but that that's an urge as a as a developer who who wants to do better all the time, and I mean I I've been I've always tried to do better and and yeah I am a, a I am a perfectionist but at the end of the day there's also a, a business that needs to be uh, run it it's not that I have to run the business but I'm a part of the business where. Uh, you know, we, we it, it needs to make sense, and we need to make money to make our living, right? So, so we have to stop somewhere, and and that's that's precisely why I'm a big advocate for uh, modular coding because that optimizes things. So you're not starting from scratch, meaning that you're not wasting time on doing something that you already did. If you start with a module and implement that, it's not like, okay, then we're done, completely done here. No, you can say, okay, I started somewhere else, meaning that I have more time to to make it even more perfect this time. The implementation uh, and and making the brush so the interface looks nicer or, or whatever. We we get the ur- we we have the urge to make things better. I get that. We obviously have to balance that with our time and also our clients. We don't want to keep charging our clients for redoing the code that works perfectly, right? So, mm. um, if something works fine in client A and you need to rebuild it in client B's file, you can you know maybe take the time to do it, or you could you know you could extract it from the first file and put it into the second file. Um, without a lot of changes because it still works. So is there, you mentioned there's not a point when you get done refining the code. Do you just, isn't there though? I mean, when do you stop working on a module to, to make it even better? Well, uh, you stop when you implement it. Sure. That, okay. That's the first iteration, right? And and for especially that, and that's especially true for FileMaker because it's not that easy to update a a module in FileMaker due to the structure of FileMaker. Maybe we can talk about the add-on modules and and yep, we will. that brings to the table later on. But but it's it's typically the way where where we build a module and and implement it in the in the first solution and then. You can use it in in the next solution, and maybe you optimize it a little bit more there, and then you you save that module for for later use uh, with another uh, solution, and then the next version is maybe a little 
bit better, right, than than the first version. But does it mean that we have to go and replace in the first version? No, not necessarily, unless we find something where, okay, this we really need to replace it, right? Until you don't use it, the module anymore, then then you probably stop. Okay, so a module is is anything in FileMaker that is going to be reused elsewhere. It could be like we we've you've mentioned before, an, an an entire invoicing system where you you maybe you build it in a, a blank file once, and that's kind of your template from which you push into other files. Um, and that's all the scripting, all the custom functions, all the layouts, the tables, you know, years ago, I mean, even just in 2019, you were having to do this manually and bring it over, but this, this, this module can be any thing. It could be one script. It could be an entire workflow, right? Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So you, you mentioned again, that you get tired of building this. Is that the, is that the reason for using module modules um is it just to save us time because our customers aren't going to know if we built it from scratch or if we used a module so sure they is it really just well that they will i i mean that that also depends on how you want to run the business right because we built a module that is being used in more than one system Who's paying for the code? If there's one customer who's paying for the entire code, then it's more expensive. If we uh, divide the the cost of this module to two or three customers, then all the customers get it cheaper, right? And then the business case for, for us is that maybe we can use it in a fourth solution and then we already got it paid by the three, then we have some extra because we are able to fit it in in a fourth uh, system. So from a business point, I think that it makes a lot of sense to use a, a modular approach. But I mean, if, even if we're not, not talking business and even if we're not talking about money, we are talking about time, which is also money. But for the customer, who says, I would like to have this module, when can you be done, right? So let's say it takes uh, 50 hours to build an invoicing module. Just For example, we already have an invoicing module uh, on the shelf and say, hey, we can, we can implement it uh, by the day so you can start using it tomorrow. Um, that's, that really means something for the customer. I mean, okay, maybe this example with the invoicing module is, is, a, is a bad example, but, but for other features like a calendar module, right? So, so you build the, the calendar module that is built into FileMaker because you can add it so fast and you don't have to write all the code. And I mean, it's not, not just the code that you write, wrote, but it's also the code that the guys wrote when they built the uh, calendar I.O., which is a ton of code in order to make this calendar stuff work. I, I mean, if you want to build that, one thing is the cost of the labor building this uh, feature. But it's also about time. I mean, we, we can now add a calendar into a FileMaker solution in minutes, right? Uh, and and if we want to customize something, maybe uh, let's say an hour, right? Um, and compared to how long did the guys spend you uh, uh, building calendar I/O or or 
uh, the guys at Seedcode, how how many hours have they thrown into building their, uh, by the way, great calendar module? Um, they've spent years building that and uh, and refining it and making it uh, even better. So, I mean, for, uh, for the customer and for us, it makes so much sense to have a modular approach. Yeah. And then there's, there's the, for me, there's also a personal aspect, and that is I hate to do the same thing over and over again. <laughs> you know, yeah. and some people, they want to go to the same place on holiday every single year, even if they have the, the ability and, uh, uh, and the luxury to, to go in, uh, and, and see different places, right? They, they just want to go the same place over and over again, right? Or you eat the same food over and over again in, instead of just trying something new. And I mean, that's also a personal thing where I just like to try something new, right? And, and if I have to spend too much time on doing something I already did uh, uh, without without any added value, I mean, sometimes it's okay to do the same thing that you have done before if if it gets uh, if you have some added value. So if I build an invoicing module 20 years ago, well, I've acquired some new skills in the meantime, so maybe it makes sense to redo the code for an invoicing module today, right? But you're right, though. If 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 I can spend less time on building something in client F's file that I've done for the first, you know, five or so other ones, mm-hmm. then I can spend more time adding other features that they're interested in, or um, exactly. you know, doing something unique for them because because every file is going to be a little bit unique. So you want to make sure that you attack that and solve that really well. Do you ever just sit at your computer and build modules, build an entire workflow um, from scratch, kind of keeping it as generalized as possible? Or or do these modules come from the second or third time that you've built the same thing? We we build a handful of modules. Uh, Typically, it starts with a customer who has a request for uh, some specific feature. Um, so the invoicing module is, is just, uh, well, it's, it's, it's an example that everyone can, can relate to, right? But, but in, in real life, it's uh, typically like a customer saying, I, w- I would like to be able to see the files that is on this uh, uh, web server or this FTP server inside FileMaker, and I w- would like to be able to upload files and download files from, from that uh, particular, let's say, uh, FTP server, right? Um, and then we say, oh, that, that sounds like a, a, a good idea because that fits within your workflow and, and what you're doing with the system. And instead of just saying, okay, so let's build that into your system, I always say, okay, this smells like a module right it smells like something we might be able to use somewhere else so build it as a module so the thing we do is to instead of building it directly into the system from scratch when we are doing the development and testing and writing code and maybe deleting code and redoing some code while you're doing the development, right? Uh, that That's a process where you write something and then maybe you delete it and maybe you add something, maybe you 
you get rid of something uh, until the code is is fully baked, right? So instead of building it directly into a solution, uh, into an app, um, we try to do that in a separate, in a fresh file. So we're building that functionality completely in in that file. That gives us us two advantages, uh, in in my opinion. One, there's no variables, for example, or something else within the solution that messes things up for us while doing the development. So that, that that's one of the things that you can get bit by very easily when you have a global variable saying um, URL, for example. Uh, oh, yeah, but where did you set that global variable and what's, uh, what is it used for? So that is something you can get bit by or maybe there's some fields or there are some script triggers that is firing off. And then the, actually the development of this feature sometimes takes longer time to do in the solution or in the app because uh, you see, you, you experience something where you get bit by other code that is running in, in the solution. So building in a fresh file, this only this functionality makes it easier to uh, develop the codes and test it as well. And then, because you have to put it into the solution, you're already thinking, okay, I, I don't want to, uh, to build too much here that is too difficult to put into the real solution. So I don't want to create a lot of TOs if I can avoid it, for example. I don't want to do a lot of relationships if I can avoid it, because that's one of the pain points uh, to get into FileMaker, even with the add-on module feature. Um, and and this is something we have uh, evolved over the last five or ten years. This way of building, and the other advantages of building the feature in a fresh file is that then you have the module sitting on the shelf with just the features, just the code that is needed for this functionality, and then it's fairly easy to take that file and turn it into an add-on module. Yeah, that's a that's a great point. So we'll we'll continue to define a module. A module is a complete set of functionality, whether it's and everything that's included. And you mentioned testing as well. So the module, in order for it to, you know, I guess in your in your mind to be ready for delivery is that it pass its tests, that you've yeah. tested every script, it performs exactly how it's uh, supposed to go, right? Yeah. So Okay, and that that's good. I'm getting into finally getting into f- testing, so um, it's it's nice to have a, a set of test scripts that can run mm. and and check the functionality. So you're developing that off the side, and then you just grab it and you you grab everything that you need in the old way. We'll we'll talk about that in a bit, but you grab everything you need and you plop it into your into your client file. Mm. Is there is there a lot of adjustments that need to be in your experience? Is there a lot of adjustments that needs to be done? Like, like you said, script triggers or things that, that could bite you in development. Do those come back when you've installed it or is a good module like completely separate from anything else that's going on in the file? I mean, it also comes with experience because in, in, in FileMaker you can add a lot of stuff and I've seen, 
a ton of things being added. So you have script triggers on layout, script triggers on objects and so on, which is nice that we have the ability. Uh, we have a guy on the team who, uh, w- when he started developing, he uh, he got very excited when, when he learned about a new way of doing something or a new feature. So he always said, uh, okay, I'm going to punch this into into the solution he was working on. And then he spread it all over the place. He just punched it in everywhere. And I mean, it. of course, it's, it, it's about like, <laughs> you know, you have different tools. And in some situations, you want to use a hammer. In other situations, you want to use a screwdriver and so on. Um, so it's about learning the tools. And the first thing to learn is that don't overuse the same tool. Um, because there's there's prob there's never only one way of doing things. You can always do it in in several ways. Uh, so experience tells you learn makes you learn when to use which tool. And when you plug it in, it depends on on the solution. I, <clears throat> I mean, um, for the solutions that we build from from scratch. We have full. We, we know how it's built, and and we have full control over it. But sometimes we help other customers adding some features into their existing solutions uh, that they uh, work on, and they do the development on. I've seen a lot of code where I don't know if I would call it bad code, but in in a diplomatic way, I would say that that there are definitely other ways of doing it than, than what's in, in those. And I mean, every time we, we implemented a module in, in some of those systems, uh, it, I always got bit by how much time we had to spend on, on doing testing because then there were some very odd relations that were grabbing into different files and then maybe they were using a um, the one file approach which were not really one file approach because they had several files but in all files there were both ui and data and functionality and everything which is something you can do in filemaker right um but sometimes it Everything got messed up, and if there are three or four or five developers who over 10 years have worked on the same solution in different ways and, and no one set up some ground rules that everyone complied to, then then you can really see some, some messy stuff. And, that, and that's where plopping in... Well, the, the good thing about plopping the code in uh, in in whichever way you you do it is that you know that the code because you you build the code separately and you tested your code separately and you know my code is working so if it's not working when I put it into the solution the 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 destination solution then I know there's something wrong in the context of this solution so maybe I'm pointing at at uh, wrong relationships. Or there are some script triggers, and and that makes it a little bit easier to do the um, error searching, right? You're saying a lot of good stuff here, and I, I want to circle back to some of it. You talked about separate files developing in separate files, and you you mentioned you know a developer that you have seen that has kind of plugged everything in. It occurs to me that a module based approach, you could give three or four developers a certain module to create for this client file. Mm. And they're each responsible for that. They don't 
need to know anything else about any of the other modules and they could just build their own in their separate files. And then one person can plug them in and you've got a complete solution. Do you, do you ever build that way? Do you uh, structure projects that way? Yeah, we do, but, but typically because we already created the modules, it's, sure, it's, yeah. uh, it's not that we, we say, okay, we need to build uh, five modules for this solution. And now we have you and you and you building each separate module. Definitely, that that's another approach. But that's also a luxury that most filemaker shops don't have. That have <laughs> yeah. you know a bunch of people just sitting and waiting for you, <laughs> right? Uh, and and most shops are you know one one man band or two man band. Um, yeah. So so I mean that's also a luxury that that you know in in other businesses there are um, many more people involved so uh, yeah just just take like uh, like uh, Claris or Apple they have a, a definitely more developers or engineers or whatever title you want to give them uh, that can work on different parts of uh, of the code for a project we could do the same thing but but we try to use the modules as a way of being able to do some of the same things that big companies are able to do with yeah. uh, with with resources and big budgets uh, and that is we can reuse so we can we can take a solution uh, much further because we reuse the code so let's talk about that because filemaker we all know is you know context dependent very have it's it's very heavily dependent on its context how do you how does how do you work with that when it comes to modules? Do you assume a context? Do you build the context yourself? Uh, I mean, what if what if there's already an invoice table in the file, and you're building an invoicing module? How do you how do you connect it? Yeah. How do you deal with context? Talk to me about that. Yeah, yeah and that's that's well, that's that's actually a, a two way thing here. Or, because one is about context and the other one is about uh, existing uh, stuff in in the solution so so just talking about the context i mean when 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 i started we had set fields and that was set a specific field to a specific value and, and that is very very context dependent until until you get the idea that okay in your script you don't have to set you don't have to define the actual field that should be set. But if you have a way of navigating to a script to a field that sits on that layout, then you can just use the insert field and it will insert the value in the field that you're currently in. So so that was some of the early features that we could use for for doing something that was context independent. A lot of building modular is about trying to abstract the code from the context. So is it bad that FileMaker works in, in is very context dependent? I don't think so. I, actually, I think it's a big strength. First, it's a big strength because I find it easier to understand what's going on when you get the idea that, hey, it's it's context. So what you see is what you get. If you're on this layout that is tied to this table, then of course it's records in this table that you're working on. 
uh, where uh, in, in, in other systems where you have to define the context and, and not only which table are you working on, but also you have to find the record that you want to modify. There's a lot of stuff that we get for free in, in FileMaker. Uh, compared to when you do, for example, web coding. So, so th- that's a great thing. But when it comes to modular stuff, uh, then you have to abstract it from the context and say, okay, set field. Okay, I don't know what the field name is. I don't know what the table name is. I don't know what the TO is. So I have to find a way of abstracting that. So, so some years ago we got the set field by name, and now we have run script by name and and there's been uh, added several other features to our uh, palette of tools in, in FileMaker mm-hmm. that is really helpful when it comes to building something where you abstract the code. So how could you do this? So set field by name, yeah, that's fine. But but how do you determine what the context is? Well, there's some get functions that will help you a lot of the way. Uh, we also have a, a calendar module that is still on the same code base, the calendar I.O. as, as the built-in uh, FileMaker calendar. Uh, but we added some stuff. Among others, we we have different uh, wellness. It's a bunch of extra features that is not uh, just about the calendar, but it's it's also about being able to publish a calendar on a web page and being able to send out invitations that people can put in the calendar and get responses back and so on. Uh, so it's it's a much more advanced module. But the way that we abstract the code. For here is that we we need to to have well needs a need well you need to have a table where you can put the calendar uh, the calendars or the resources if you like and then you need to have a table for for the actual events uh, that you put into the calendar more or less at a bare minimum you you need two tables right but maybe those tables already exist because we are presenting something that could be events that has a date, uh, a start date and an end date and start time, start end uh, or end time, uh, and then a title. And then basically you have an event. That That's the, the bare minimum requirement of an event. Uh, so maybe that table already exists and maybe it's named something completely different than calendar events. Uh, maybe it's tasks or, or yeah, well, uh, there's a lot of things that, that could be presented in a calendar way uh, because they, they f- fill those criteria. So what we do is, is we have a startup script where we define in a JSON, in a JSON block, we define, okay, so when we want to do something with the uh, ID of the event, what's the field name here? So basically the field names uh, and the TO names are set into a JSON block. And that's a way of abstracting so that you can do the set field by name. Okay, what's the name of this field, the TO and name uh, of the field? Well, let me look into this JSON uh, block that I set into a global variable when we started up this system or initializing this module. Uh, so, so that's that's a way of of abstracting. And the other thing that that we put in here that that we have been working with for a very long time, and and that is localizing stuff. We have customers where 
they are using both Danish and English in in the UI uh, for their users, sometimes at the same time, and sometimes they only want it in Danish, for example. And FileMaker doesn't run in Danish anymore, actually used to in back in the 90s, but luckily it, it, it's not doing that anymore. But but we need to present dialogues in Danish. We need to present uh, menus in Danish and uh, the interface needs to be in Danish. Or sometimes our customers have both in people who only is fluent in English and some who prefer in Danish. And then we need to have a, a, a way of uh, switching language within the solution. So that's also something we build into the modules, like the calendar module. So whenever we have a, a dialogue or we have some field labels that they are translated into the language. And, and that's something that is also kind of an abstraction. Uh, and that's something I think most US developers, they are n not being forced to build in, in different languages and and actually, that's also true for the engineers at, at uh, Claris that they have never, well, everything is in English, of course. So it also means that, of course, the date format is in US date format, which is uh, different than the rest of the world. Um, and when you are in the rest of the world, you have to change stuff like that. Um, so, so that's something we have had to to deal with for many, many years. Uh, but that's that's kind of the abstraction, right? Uh, okay. Um, so, so you you mentioned that you have a in your modules you have a startup script that you do plug in that you set things into a into a into a JSON block, and then the scripts that are part of the module that you just installed, read from that JSON block that was created on startup, right? Yeah. So so you don't have to go into any of the scripts, do you? And nope. change things, um, point things. How? I guess my question is how much of the scripting, the scripts, how many of the scripts do you have to go in and change, you know, one or more lines? Yeah, the goal is none. Uh, no, basically, okay. or in the module, you can have, uh, we have some modules that have, I don't know, 40 or 50 scripts uh, with, with a, a lot of stuff going on. But there's only a single, well, there's two scripts that you as the implementer, uh, I, I tend to use that term, terminology, saying, okay, maybe you didn't build the module, but you're the implementer. So mm -hmm. uh, when you implement something, there's, there's something you need to do. And there will always be something that you need to do because it has to make sense. And, and we can't build a module that can guess everything to where it, it gets into. It's, it, it's the same with the build-in modules that you did with the, uh, um, with the shipping uh, version of FileMaker, where you have this configuration screen, where there is some configuration that you could do. Maybe it, it, you can plug it in and it just works, but you as the implementer wants to point to maybe a different table or different fields, or maybe you would like the theme to be bluish instead of greenish and, and so on. 
Um, so there's there's always something that you as the implementer needs to do. And depending on the module, uh, you have to do uh, more or less. But there's always uh, the first script that is the instructions to the, to, to the implementer saying, okay, so when you implement this script, you need to do this and this and this, and then it works. And if it doesn't work, then you can do this uh, or, or whatever notes that the module developer has uh, has put in there and then there's the initialization script i would like to call it that initialized the the module and 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 that's the only script where you as the impl- implementer needs to go in and do anything and that's basically setting up so what's the field names here and what is what's the language uh, do you want to edit some of the language text and so on and that has to be done in that initialization module uh, script that that puts it into well it basically puts it into a global variable where we can pick it from later and i like to put it into a global variable because well you can put it into a field like you do with the calendar uh, or a Kanban module, or or some of the other modules, but then you're you're context dependent, and then you need to have a table, you need to have a field, and you need to have a context where you can get to that field. If you put it into a global variable, then well, it's it sits uh, on top of everything, and you can grab it from there. And instead of having fifty global variables that you have to refer to, then with the JSON functionality that we got. Uh, a couple of years ago, now we can just build a JSON block and then just refer to that JSON block uh, directly. We've been able to do that for years with XML or other uh, formats, but it's very obvious that that it's nice to just put it into a JSON block and and we have native functions that can get out the values from from that JSON, right? A module you mentioned um, you have may have forty or fifty scripts. And there's a lot going on. And I actually watched your video with uh, at, at, with Richard Carlton about a um, a module using a, a navigation bar. And you had quite a lot going on, but the way that you set this up and the purpose of the module of a module is really just to drop it in and it will work. A, a FileMaker developer does not have to go into your forty or fifty scripts to update things to point to the right context. Uh, she will go into maybe one script, like you said, or a couple of them to, you know, update fields and, and go to a context to get the fields and such. But really, it's just drag or drop. So even though there's a lot going on, you don't have to worry about any of it. Yeah, that's correct. Yep. Okay, that's great. Yeah. And and the way that you build modules, you've tested all of those scripts and how they flow together and how they work, so that no matter what happens when it's implemented. The, the module will work. The the functionality will work as intended. Yeah. As, um, that, that's a pro- probably a lot of work. Go ahead. Yeah, as long as the implementer uh, sets the right values in, in that initialization script, of course. Yeah, so if, okay. If he or she points to a wrong field or wrong context, then, then of course it, it, it will have issues, right? But then yeah. it's, it's fairly easy to fix because the implementer knows that if... If something isn't working correctly, then it's probably in that initialization script. 
<laughs> how do you how do you structure your scripts here at Geist Interactive? We use um, a public and a private folder setup where the public scripts you would touch that are and are called by other UI other or by UI elements, and then private scripts you don't touch at all. Um, do you have a structure in your modules for the scripting? Um, um, <laughs> I know the way that you structure the scripts because uh, that's that's a way of doing it that Todd has been doing for uh, quite some time. And I, I I looked at it and I think I, maybe I even discussed it with him at at some point. And and we all know that Todd is a brilliant. Brilliant, brilliant developer, tending to to be on the genius side, and I have a lot of great things. Basically, only great things to say about Todd. The the only downside for me, in in my point of view, sure. with with that approach, is when it becomes a way of this is how we always do it. Because if you have a very small module that maybe have two or three scripts, why would you want to have a folder structure of public and uh, private and and the other basic scripts that is typically included in a module that you do? For, for me, at least, that is over-complicating stuff. I totally get the point, and I would agree that in in, in several situations it's it's the great it's the best approach it's a really great approach but sometimes i find it um a little too complex it's it's um uh, to give an example of maybe what i mean uh, back in the also in the 90s early in my career some of the developers in the community uh, started talking about conventions naming conventions and uh, and maybe it was a good idea to have some kind of naming convention. And there were a lot of talk about that. And if you have been involved in a process of coming up with naming conventions, you know that that this is something where developers, they can spend tons of time discussing what the naming should be. So uh, I was I was a one man band. Uh, so uh, so I was looking at, at what other people were doing. And I think it was maybe cross IT or core IT, so, some guys in um, in Canada, uh, core solutions maybe, um, they they had drafted a, a document of, I think, 30 or 40 pages of uh, naming conventions. And I got that PDF file and I thought, oh man, great. They are, uh, uh, and, and, and these are brilliant people and there are talks about this. I have to implement this, uh, these uh, uh, naming conventions. And those naming conventions were so comprehensive that they covered everything of a FileMaker solution down to, well, the file names and so on. And I mean, back in those days, there were one file, one table. So most solutions had several files uh, because otherwise there were only a single table and, and that's not really... <laughs> that's not really a solution right um so and and one thing that when when you started implementing those uh, naming convention you didn't realize was that renaming the files just by renaming the files broke everything all over the place 
Um, so I started implementing all those naming conventions because they were brilliant. They were smart. And I spent, I don't know, a couple of months, I think, implementing these naming conventions all over the place. And I had to look into the conventions all the time because I couldn't remember all the <laughs> details uh, about the naming conventions. Um, so I had to look it up all the time. So I spent tons of time developing stuff until I realized, yeah, okay, maybe this, maybe this was good. Maybe this was, maybe I shouldn't take it literally. Maybe I shouldn't take it word by word and and just implement everything. Maybe I should just take some some guidance there. And then some years ago, we uh, we created uh, some naming conventions with a colleague in Malmo, and the goal was that it couldn't be more than four pages. And it should only be a guideline, meaning that it's not a rule, it's a guide, meaning it's it's a good idea to do this. It's a good idea to name the tables this way. It's a good idea to name the fields this way. But hey, you don't have to state the obvious, so you don't have to put a, a suffix on field names like underscore G for global uh, or you don't have to uh, underscore T in order to say, hey, so by the way, the naming field, that's a text field. Oh, yeah, really? Uh, <laughs> of course it is, <laughs> right? So so you don't have to state the obvious. And and that's okay. the goal of that naming convention, meaning that, yeah, it's, it's a good idea. And if you start a new solution from scratch, then please follow the guidelines. But it is guidelines more than it's a, a rule book. And to me, uh, and okay, maybe that was a very long talk around, but um, to me, sometimes the way that you structure the scripts with private and, and public folder and, and some of the, the basic scripts uh, tends to be, for me, too much a rule book than a guidebook. Okay. Does that okay. make sense? Yeah. So how do you, how do you let your... your people know that use your modules don't touch these scripts or here are the scripts that you can uh, update. Yeah. Well, just a folder. Don't touch. <laughs> okay. Don't <laughs> touch. Yeah. yeah because w- w- what's the difference between private and sure. public folder, right? It, it, it's the same when you do, when you do a loop in a, uh, in a file maker script and, and you do a loop that is not context based. So, uh, so you have a counter, um, so a lot of people is, is doing dollar uh, $i for iteration, right? Uh, but if you're not from a coding world, then, oh, so what is this dollar $i instead of just writing dollar $count? Okay. Yeah. So, oh, it's a counter. Oh, I get it, right? Yeah, so you write four or five letters instead of just a single letter. Yeah, but what you win is that, that it's, it's easier to read. What parts of FileMaker? We, we, you've talked a little bit about the things that are e- that things in FileMaker that make it easy. We mentioned set field by name, perform mm-hmm. script by name. The new execute FileMaker data API script step gives us some metadata uh, about the about the tables, so we could possibly use that. Um, you, and you, you you know custom functions and all this stuff. What what parts of FileMaker make it difficult to modularize code and workflows schema is there anything schema schema yeah yep because you got to set up those relationships right you can't there's nothing that you can do to build the relationships automatically no not not at this point in time 
yeah. I, I mean, when uh, and when I say schema, uh, that that's basically covering everything uh, from tables to relationships uh, and TOs, and and it's even it can be even more complicated when you do the data separation model where you have something going on in a UI file and something going on in a data file, right? So everything that has to deal with schema is is difficult. Then some would say, yeah, but what about the Anon module feature? That's great because you can add schema there. It, it also takes care of schema. And that is true if the tables and the TOs, everything is new. Yeah. But if you need to merge some new fields into an existing table, that's not possible yet. Well, we'll talk about the add-ons in a bit, but I want to I quiz you here because I'm sure you know this. Before add-on modules, and even currently, because you have modules that are available and, and we do as well, and Modular FileMaker has some, what is the order that you copy things from your, your modular file into your, um, your client file? Tell me the order. <laughs> do, you know, do you know the order off, uh, from memory? Yeah. All right. Basically, if you think of FileMaker or, yeah, well, that actually applies to everything, but, but especially in FileMaker, it's nice to know about the layering um, because everything can be layered into the same file in FileMaker, right? Uh, which is a strength and it's a weakness as well. But what is the foundation? So what is the lowest level? And, and the lowest level is is like functionality. So it's like, Okay, not functionality. That was bad wording. Um, it's like functions, calculation functions. So custom functions are calculation functions. So that's that's the first thing to put in, just in case you have that you're using some custom functions in your schema, and then you add the schema because that's that's the bare bones of any filemaker solution. We have schema. We have it's, it's we always build a database solution nowadays it's it's not hard to talk about database solutions now it's an app but whatever potato potato it's still a database solution so so the 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 bottom layer of of uh, of your solution is the schema so that involves the the tables the fields and the relationships for the data and then comes the business logic. And the business logic in FileMaker, that's basically the scripting. It's not completely true because business logic can be a lot of stuff. But then comes the scripting. And then finally comes the, the interface uh, that sits on top, uh, which is the, the uh, layouts and the objects on the layouts. Uh, did you mention scripts and value lists? Oh, yeah. Value lists. Yeah. Typically, yeah. yeah. It's just because okay. we we tend to not use value lists, the the built-in value list, but but the value oh, okay. lists are are I, I would say value list is is kind of the same as custom functions typically, okay. but value list is a, is a little bit more difficult because if it's a a value list with fixed values, yeah, then it's it's kind of a functionality like a, a function like a calculation function. Um, it sits. It sits down there. If you're using it in the schema, but sometimes a value list is looking into the schema in order to build the value list, and then the the value list comes after the schema. 
So yeah, I think you got them. Um, you still, I, I assume you're still using that method because you haven't turned all of your modules into add-ons yet, have you? No, for sure. And yeah. and I actually, we, um, I've actually tried to postpone a little bit building everything into add-on modules. And, and the reason for that is it evolves very fast. So... Mm-hmm. Over the last, uh, and just since May, I think we have two or three iterations of the add-on module. So things <laughs> are changing, right, uh, rapidly. And and I've, I've tried to postpone a little bit. And that's also because we have a, a nice uh, system already to copy and paste stuff uh, into a solution. So... So our modules is already sitting in a repository where basically follow a recipe. So step one, copy and paste this one and copy and paste this one and copy and paste this one. And not even from a file, but, uh, but, but it's, it's XML stuff that we have uh, put into this uh, repository. So we already have an, an effective way of, uh, of adding a module and also because yeah. we have tried to reduce everything that is about schema uh, in those modules. So, so they are fairly fast to implement already. Right. And like you said at the beginning, if it's not broke, don't, if it's not broke, don't fix it. Right. So yeah. it's working for you. So you don't yet need the module system. I mean, eventually those are nice, you know, to be able to package stuff up and throw it into your customer file, but you actually have this process down the old way, right? So you don't have to worry about it too much. Yeah, I'm looking so much forward. Uh, well, we we have built a couple of add-on modules and, and they're really nice because it's so much faster to yeah. use it. But we really, really need a way of being able to merge into uh, schema, right? Yeah. So a lot of our approach in into development is kind of um it's a variation of the selector connector model so um so typically we 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 have a a table where there's only a single record and global fields uh, like a selector table uh, or a connector table uh, where we need to add a field or two for this module because now we need to be able to connect via this connector model to a, a new table that we add in. Um, and if we do that with the add-on module as it is right now, we are creating this selector table all over again. Uh, mm-hmm. And if we want to add 20 modules, then we have 20 of these tables, right? So we need a way of being able to merge into existing tables. Uh, and just adding uh, relationships to that existing table, but to the newly added field. So I'm looking very much forward to when FileMaker, or sorry, Claris is able to to put that into the add-on module. Yeah, I hope that that happens soon. I was working, I, I have a client who I'm building something in a separate app and you know, late in the game, we decided we wanted this to be an add-on. So it's actually really nice to be able to design things in a file like you've mentioned and then package it all up. And I'm, I'm actually, you know, as an add-on, I'm actually 
you know how you have to have a certain uh, layout with a certain name and anything on that layout that's grouped is part of the add-on when you drag it on. I, I'm actually starting to use add-ons simply to bring over entire sets of layouts as well mm-hmm. as the scripting and, yeah. and the custom mm-hmm. functions so that then all I have to do is go into the open script or whatever or a navigation script and go to this layout that I have created. So I find that, like you said, it's incredibly fast. There still are some bugs with it. I discovered recently that you can't have an add-on that has an add-on already in it. That's that's (laughs) a bug that needs to be worked out. You can't package up an add-on that already has an add-on in it for some reason. So, Which is a little bit strange because... As soon as you, you put in the add-on, then it's just code that you have inserted, right? Right. Yeah, but apparently it's not because it you, when you uninstall it, it does come all out. So there there is some under-the-hood connection in this XML uh, describing the file. Yeah. Somewhere in there, it tells you that this part is an add-on and so forth. So yeah, anyway, so they, Claris knows a move it. Yeah. So Claire's knows about it there. Hopefully we'll be able to fix it and, and we'll get that. But that that's that's the biggest drawback for me because I had to I had this nice web viewer that was was showing the code in, a, in an editor kind of thing in a nice IDE mm. uh, because we were looking at JSON and I had to remove that uh, to make it an add on. But yeah. have you ever do you ever build uh, modules that are separate files themselves and just yeah. connect the files and you know, open up a card window or whatever that shows the the extra file, the separate file. Yeah, and and that's that's a completely uh, other approach to modularity. It's it's not a uh, it's not either one. Uh, one is better than the other one. It depends on the module. But um, we have uh, we have a couple of modules uh, that we built this way for. Invoicing, we we have a national standard of how to describe an invoice, and we have to follow those guidelines. And if you want to uh, send an invoice to any public uh, institution, uh, any government institution, you need to send an electronic invoice, and that invoice has to be in a specific XML format. Uh, so you have to convert your invoice into this XML. Uh, version and you have to follow some some strict rules about that and just the uh, documentation of that format i think it's in 1500 pages uh so it's it really comprehensive uh so we we build a module that is is converting an invoice into uh, into this electronic invoicing format and basically outputs an uh, xml and and that part has n- basically nothing to do inside the solution. Uh, so what we do is is that we push from the solution, we push over the invoice into uh, two tables in the uh, in the uh, uh, this electronic invoicing module, and then run a script that says, okay, so this invoice, please turn that into an uh, electronic invoice that we can uh, ship. Um, so that is running in a separate file because it has it has some layouts, but no layouts that is uh, uh, user based. Uh, that that's not for UI because the user 
doesn't need to know anything about that process. Uh, so the implementer just has to push over the invoice from the solution into that module. And then your invoice is turned into a, a uh, an electronic invoice. The only thing you have to worry about there is uh, uh, authentication, right? And privileges, right? Match them up. For sure. Yeah. That's a separate file. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But, but we, um, we already deal with that because we are uh, doing the data separation model. So okay. we always have two, three, four, five files in the same solution. So we already deal with the uh, uh, privileges. So you're using a you're using a data separation, but you also are kind of doing a separation of concerns when you have uh, extra supplemental files that do one thing, right? That are just there to work on the invoice or or show a calendar events or whatever. Yeah, I I yeah. I, I, I mean separate files just for module is is rare, uh, but for this this particular uh, electronic invoicing module, the, the code is so comprehensive. Uh, and that is also because we, we need to refer to the documentation all over the place. Uh, so, so scripts are maybe three or four or 500 lines. Uh, and a lot of it is, uh, is uh, comments uh, and references to the documentation. So, so it, it's, it's a lot of stuff there. And, and that's, that was the reason for putting it into a separate file because it okay. didn't. And, and there's some, some relationships as well and TOs and, and a lot of things going on that I didn't want to have into the solution and clutter up uh, because then it would be difficult to move it to an, another solution. So it was mm-hmm. much easier to have in, in, in its own uh, separate file. I like this idea and it, it, the idea of modular code, um, like I said earlier, it, it kind of, if you have the ability, if you have multiple developers, you can kind of separate them and do their own thing. And, and from our perspective too, if a client wants a module added to their already existing file, you don't really need to know everything about their entire system. You just can plug this a module in pretty quickly and connect it to the one table that they mention or or whatever, yeah. and you're done, right? So, uh, building, I have maybe my you know early experience here and just a, maybe a decade now of FileMaker development, but I felt like I needed to know more about the the person's system in order to work in it and. Slowly, I'm realizing that in a modular fashion, you don't really need to do that. If they want a calendar, just build the calendar or install the calendar, add it to their, uh, connect it to their tables and and move on. Who cares about the rest of the system, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, so do you, when you start a new file, do you look at what the client wants and then you just you grab your your modules uh, that you have stored somewhere, and you start installing them. Is that is that kind of the first thing you do <laughs> when you're when you're working with a client? No, we have a we have a framework that we start off. Um, okay. I yeah, I call it a framework. Uh, there's been a, a lot of those things over the years. I built a, a handful myself. Um, but but the there's there's a, a a lot of basic functionality 
that I've spent. It's basically a module. <laughs> uh, the same way but it, 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 it's a little bit different kind of module it's a starting module uh, so pretty much in, in so in 95% of new solutions we need a context table we need a context module a place where we can store contacts uh, uh, there's some people or some companies that needs to do something in this solution it's it's rare of course it happens but it's rare that we start a new solution where contacts is something that is not needed so so contacts is in the in the uh, framework i nowadays i call it framework it it could be a starter solution um other other colleagues in in the community have starter solutions that that they use and some of them also share them and some uh, sell their starter solutions but basically it's it's a set of functionality or a set of basic functionality and set of basic code so you don't have to start from scratch right mm -hmm. so i start there and then uh, typically we are, are custom building modules because they have to be in a specific way because they, it's really custom and that's the beauty of FileMaker. We can do custom coding, even very fast. But but then, of course, we are looking at our uh, repository of uh, uh, modules and say, okay, so you need this feature as well. Okay, great. We have a module for that. We even publish uh, modules on our website hmm. um, because that's that's also a way for customers and potential customers to see, oh, Oh yeah, I, I well this feature this is something I would like or this module is something I would like so they can see some of the possibilities and that that that's a whole other discussions for for uh, I've seen a lot of time uh, going out to customers and and then they say so what does your system do well anything you can think of yeah but what does it do anything you can imagine yeah but I don't have any imagination Okay, so end of end of talking, right? But if you present modules that that is presenting functionality, then you can have a qualified discussion with customers and potential customers, where they maybe grasp the concept of this custom building. That is also well, that, that that's something that has been difficult to 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 explain to other people. What I what are you building? So what is the system you're building? It's not one system. It's like a hundred different things. And it's anything you can imagine, basically. But having modules helps you imagine more stuff than you can do. It would be awesome in the future if we had a, the ability to let our clients pick from a menu of modules. And then you press a button and it just installs them into a file. And... You go in there and you update each one and you're done. <laughs> you think we'll ever get there? You would like that? Oh, I don't know. I mean, it'd be fun to let them choose and say, here is a module that, you know, that provides a uh, universal navigation system. So yeah, yeah. let's install that yeah. one, click on that one, and it'll automatically install. But then, then, then FileMaker developers are obsolete, right? <laughs> oh yeah, okay. I, I better. I don't want this. You're right. Well, well, right. <laughs> well I, I, I mean, I, I, I get your point, and and some people are saying, yeah, but but with artificial intelligence, we can have machines building software. We can have software building software. So there's nothing for uh, software developers to do. 
But I mean, I think uh, at least throughout my lifetime, I hope, uh, I think there will be a place for us because what what are the skills that we possess besides that we can build something in FileMaker? It is that we are good at solving problems. We are good at seeing where can we optimize workflows, where can we go in and make life easier. I mean, I, I typically say, so So uh, when people ask me what I do, I say I try to uh, make our customers' life easier so uh, so they don't have to do stupid stuff. So they can spend more time on the beach, so they can spend more mm-hmm. time doing intelligent stuff. And I mean, I think those skill sets would always be sought after. Very good, man. Well, this is good. Um, I like the idea of modular modularity. I'm as we close up here. I want to um, just kind of give one more example. I'm building a, a a file for a client, some functionality for a client that actually will build tables and fields based on uh, a JSON dot dash LD structure. So uh, they write the schema. We ingest the schema into a field, and that and then the scripting actually can um, read through that and eventually build the tables and fields. In this entire thing, it touches two fields one time each, and that's it, just to store the schema and store the uh, the result uh, saying, here's what was created. And I've built these scripts in a way that they actually call themselves. So it's a recursive kind of situation. And there's so much indirection in here. It's actually really difficult to build this because you're you're not dealing with real objects. You're dealing with like concepts mm-hmm. <laughs> and you're trying to keep it involved in, in your head. So is that just part of experience to be able to build something sort of in the abstract that eventually will be made concrete when you put into a real file? How do you how do you actually build these things? Um, do you do it on a t- test contacts table and see how it works and then pull out that table or, you know, I guess I'm, I'm struggling with this idea of building them. Like mm. what, how do I, as a developer get around to building these in a very abstract way, using lots of indirection, using lots of, um, you know, yeah, just abstraction. Can you give me some pointers and how to build modular code? Um, since I've been around for quite some time and I've been, been been trying to abstract things for many, many, many years, I have some experience in, in that area, meaning that, that I can build abstract code without uh, uh, just as the concept, but that comes with the experience. And I mean, I've, I've been around for uh, 26 years on, on the FileMaker platform, that, that's a really long time, right? And, and I have many times talked with new customers and we are talking about, so, so okay, so products, no, it's not called products, it's called articles. Okay, and in this case, it's called uh, goods and, you know, products, something you sell has a lot of different names. And every time you speak with a customer, you need, you, and, and, and organizing a, 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 a new project, you already start abstracting here because you're saying, okay, so they call it something. Uh, in my mind, it's I call it products because then it's easier for me to understand. 
um, I'm a very visual person, um, so so I always try to visualize everything in in that uh, area. And to me, that's really really helpful to use a piece of paper and a and a pencil. And mm. every time I start something, I draw on on that paper uh, some boxes and some uh, lines between them and and do another drawing of the flow that I need to do and uh, you know uh, uh, pen and paper is something that you learn very early uh, even before you start at school so there are no other features of paper and pen than just write on the paper. Uh, so I really like the paper idea instead of uh, using a, a fancy uh, application that can do the same thing, but has so many other features that you uh, get uh, <laughs> caught up in, right? So I, I try to write that down. But since I'm visual, I, I'm, I'm always trying to give examples saying, so, so even though this is something going on in a computer, it's like... Uh, it's like something that you can relate to. So I always try to put pictures on. It's like I, I, I built something quite some years ago with it was a helpful module for doing virtual hosting on uh, on a FileMaker server. And and the thing there was that you need to you have in uh, Apache running and you have instances of Apache running there and and the uh, Mac server would run to uh, want to run one instance and and filemaker server want to run the, its own instance and and I didn't think of it but because it comes naturally but but in my guide I I just wrote uh, in order so everyone could understand it's like so imagine that you have two wives at home right where <laughs> both want to decide everything that doesn't work so so you need to have you need to have only one uh, do uh, on the decision making, right? Um, and that what that's something that that people can relate to. Uh, I don't know if they can relate to, but everyone could understand, of course. Um, and, and putting pictures on, I think, is 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 important in order to understand it and and make it work. And the same goes for building modules. If you're trying to abstract it in a way where it's abstract with abstraction on, uh, then it it can easily get way over your head. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, people like Todd, who are, are, are you know that brilliant, he he can do it, of course, in in the abstraction way. Um, but but most people need some some examples that we can relate to. And that's why when, when we're talking about something, it's, it's very often that we go back to an invoicing solution, right? Or an invoicing module because, oh yeah, invoicing, that is something people can relate to um, instead of something that is specialized. So, so having a context module or context table to work on is really great. I think that makes it easier to understand what's going on, and even with indirection and um, and and when you do context independence, it's it's still easy because you can just create another table that is not related to the context table. Go to that the layout and run your code. If it works, then it's context independent. If it doesn't yeah. work, then you made a bug. This is a this is a good topic, and I think you know with the invent advent of add-ons 
modular development will be even more um, prevalent out there because we're we want to and i i'm i'm honest i'm tired of building the same thing over and over like you i've finally gotten there so mm. i'm really uh <laughs> interested in the modular aspect of things so uh thanks for your uh your your discussion of this this was very good you have a lot of information i don't think you differ differ from todd very much at all. No, Maybe no. You know, the only thing I can think of is the script folder structure, but you know, that's, that's it. But, but <laughs> de that details, right? So, right, right. so it, 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 on the conceptual uh, uh, level, I, I think we, we are completely in line there. Uh, yeah. It has been for, I, I also like the add on modules because now modularity becomes much more approachable. And now you have been building um, modules, and and you can see that it's okay. It's 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 really not on page one in in the learning filemaker book. It's it's not something you you start out doing. Uh, it's something that you you start doing after you have gained some experience uh, after you've yeah. been building something, because otherwise it's it's. Unless you're very brilliant, which uh, those people are there, of course, um, but but most people would would find it way too difficult to start doing abstraction when you're starting to learn the concept of context. Very good. Well, uh, Klaus, thank you for your time. Where what are you working on now um, that uh, is really exciting and interesting for you? One thing I'm working on, maybe I've, I don't know if I've mentioned this before, but I'm uh, working on a pro version of, of the missing admin tool. Oh. Did I mention that before? You haven't. Uh, you've mentioned the admin tool, I think. But yeah, tell us about that. Well, it's, uh, okay, so it's just because uh, this, is, this is my pet. Um, I'm working on a lot of other stuff with the team, but this is my pet, and um, I, I, I built the missing admin tool for uh, FileMaker Server, uh, basically a way of, of trying to make it easier for uh, people who have to administer a FileMaker Server to get to the tools and controls, because as of FileMaker 17, uh, FileMaker removed a, a bunch of features from the web-based admin console. And then they created an uh, REST admin API. And then there was some command line stuff and so on. So, <clears throat> so I built a free tool that uh, I released for FileMaker 17. And then uh, FileMaker changed the API completely for FileMaker 18. So I had to redo and that is also released for free and can be used and completely open so everyone can dig into the code and steal from that or or optimize and make it better um but then i'm uh, i started to to building a pro version that is uh, uh locked down and it's going to be uh, sold for money but i build in some extra features like uh now you can you can create and edit scripts uh, uh schedule scripts uh, especially one feature that you can't get to other than from the admin api is to add a, a notification by email when a script has run and i build into this tool uh, a way of uh, doing the SSL process, um, the web admin console only has the installing part. It doesn't have the the request part. Uh, I put in a data migration tool as well. 
uh, and a lock viewer and a bag up helper and and a few other things. Um, so I really like this tool because it's like a Swiss knife for uh, server admins and and I build it because I I want to use it. Oh, I'll, uh, do you have that out yet, or is it no, still it, you're still working? It's on It's not out yet. I did a video with uh, Richard a couple of weeks ago, uh, which is out where I showcased okay. uh, a, a beta version. Um, but the thing is that it's it's uh, yeah it's done. But uh, now the Linux version is out of FileMaker Server, so I have to do a lot of testing all over again because now we have Windows, Mac, and Linux. And some things, uh, some of the features are difficult to make uh, uh, to make it work on on all three platforms. So I need to work some more on it, and and then we have a lot of work in the company as well. So a lot of projects. Um, so so it's difficult Great. to find an, enough time. Yeah. Yep. I get that. Well, thank you for your time here. I know it's you know we're a good hour and a half into this, and uh, you've yeah, got. Sorry. A lot, of, a lot of good stuff here. So uh, thank you, Klaus, for your time. And we'll talk to you later, all right? Very welcome. Thank you. And that brings us to the end of another episode of the Context Podcast. I want to thank Klaus for joining us. I guess he and Todd don't have to fight after all. <laughs> they both agree on the main ideas. Woo, I was worried there for a minute. If you're so inclined, please rate and review us at Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. We're always interested in hearing what you have to say, both what's good and how we can make it better. And if you have an idea, please reach out at thecontextpodcast at proofgeist.com. Until next week, remember, the Context Podcast is king.